there it goes. Everybody watch out and look up. It's Keep Up with Still Insane. I'm here with the rest of my Keep Up crew. We got my comrade and co- my comrades and cohorts. Why do I even write that in if I can't fucking pronounce it? Anyway, we got Pokemon Stoner. We got Harry Attilio. We've got a special guest. We'll get to him real quick. We got John of all trades. He helps engineer and moderate the show, doing big things. We got Neil NS Comtech. Again, he helps engineer the show. He keeps all this technology running on our program. And now we have our special guest. We will give a motherfucking shout out to him. Let's get into some motherfucking shout out. It's time for some motherfucking shout-outs. Let's do this. All right. So we got at Native Tech. You can catch him on Instagram. And he is the uh, man of honor, The uh, uh, my brother, my, my beloved brother, Thomas. We had a, w- a beautiful wedding uh, last November. He made a great speech. We coordinated a bachelor party together in Montego Bay. That was wonderful. It was great planning with him. I had a fucking wonderful time. More importantly, he is a wampum representative, like doing wonderful artwork of the Native American community. Menetonk, Menetonk, <laughs> I'm so sorry, tongue twister. Um, he's part of that tribe. He does lots of powwows. Like I said, lots of artwork. He DJs. He is a multi-talented, multifaceted. He has artwork in Socrates Park. Let's get into. Let's get into it. Tell me more about what you're doing, man. And decolonize. I love that fucking hat. Yeah, um, my name is Tecumseh Caesar, uh, also known as Native Tech. I'm a wampum artist from the, we call it the Madawak Confederacy of Long Island. But uh, specifically, my principal tribe is the Matinecock. And so our our, uh, tribal lands are basically from mid-Long Island to through Queens. And yeah, I'm a native artist. I do a lot of work with the uh, local native tribes. Uh, I do consultation at the United Nations, um, NAGPRA stuff, Native American Grace Protection with uh, people at Shinnecock and Puspatuck. So yeah, artist, you know, just trying to survive through this uh, crazy pandemic. Yes. And, you know, keep keep traditions alive uh, through, you know, a place that's not necessarily that easy to when you have a whole lot of non-natives living around that don't understand. But as we know, that is the times we live in. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. And uh, you do a wonderful job with that. Not only just you, your family, you guys are great representatives of that community. And uh, you're legit. <laughs> you're legit. Anytime someone like, you know, anytime like I want to hear what's really going on in that community, you know about it. You are integral in computer. Like you're someone that's invaluable, to be honest. You're not just someone that's like in that community. You're someone that's very valuable. And I'm very proud to know you. And then whenever I like I'm like in some like type of debate or something like that, I know that I don't know enough, but I always reference you. But I don't want to ever like bother you. I never like tag you in stuff because I'm like, yo, dude, he's like, he's not like this token Native American dude. You know what I'm saying? But I always reference you though. I always go, yo. They go, yeah, you don't know. I'm like, actually, I do. <laughs> I got one living in fucking Jerusalem, and I got one living in New York. And like I said, he's heavy on the scene. And we'll get into more of your freaking impressive resume and like what we've gone through on the bachelor party, all those type of things. We'll get into those antics after we get to the entertainment portion. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck happened? All right. Fox and Mr. Chris Wallace did a presidential debate. They were moderating that shit. They did a very terrible job. It was like a kindergarten fucking cafeteria fight. And uh, Biden had like a little bit of egg running on his face. No, I'm joking. Um, They did as best as they could, I guess. Trump was trying to trample over Biden. He was trying to talk over him and shit. Unfortunately, when we recorded last episode, you know, we like split it up. We were talking about RGB and uh, Miss Barrett coming into uh, Supreme Court Justice, almost Supreme Court Justice uh, Coney Barrett. But um, right after that happened, that's that's when the debate happened. So we'll get into the meat of that. Tecumseh, Harry. Harry, did you even see the debate? That's OK. Tecumseh, what did you think of the debate, man? Can we call it a debate, really? I mean, <laughs> it was honestly... It was uh it was really bad. Like I I felt I know that other countries were watching it and they were laughing. 
because there was just like no decorum, like, you know, Trump did whatever he wanted. And honestly, I was surprised because it was a Fox debate and Fox five is usually very, you know, a lot nicer to the Republicans. They very much favor the Republicans. Do you side. watch Chris Wallace? Chris Wallace isn't. Chris Wallace don't play. I'm just well, saying. Not, in that, de- in not in that debate, but he's, yeah. uh, him per se, he's not one of those hosts. He's yeah. more of a hard news journalist. But this was just embarrassing. I felt bad for him. You know, half the time he was, I felt like he was like, he felt that he was debating Trump. And it's like, yo, he's just asking you a question. And so it was just, it was bad. It was embarrassing, honestly. It was really embarrassing. And I'm, you know, it was embarrassing to be an American and watch that because I was just like, yo, there's the point of this is to, for people who are undecided to get their decision. And I don't think that you could really pull anything from that, you know? So yeah. it's, I don't know. It was, it was really bad. Um, I felt that, you know, the Biden, I don't think did the greatest job, but I also feel like I don't know that he could have done a good job because you couldn't even hear what he was saying. Trump just, you know, kept on talking over him. Um, it was really, it was really bad. It was hard to watch. Uh, it felt like a comedy special at some times, you know? So I don't know. It, it was weird. What did you think? My, minus, you minus it? Jim, minus Jim Carrey and Alec Baldwin. Uh, yes, I did watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm actually over being embarrassed. I've been embarrassed for the last four years. I, I, I don't want to be embarrassed anymore. Uh, no, the way that I look at it, I don't, I don't mean to be contrarian, but uh, what other, what other debates are you watching in other countries? Like, what it, <laughs> like which I ones? Mean, <laughs> We're like the only one that gets televised globally. We're literally the only one interesting to watch. So that that's exactly why they watch it. They don't watch it because, you know, they want to see two professionals, you know, talk about their policies. They love it because it's political theater. They call it political theater for a reason. So um, we already know uh, what these guys platforms are. I don't see I don't think anybody watching those debates were going to learn anything new. Um, I know I forgot what his name was. I should know it. Um, he's a very popular, sensational uh uh, conservative pundit, and uh, it kind of looks like me, to be honest. If you ever saw him, you'd be like, "How did you forget him, man?" You like, you like, he's like your doppelganger. But um, he's got a little, he's got a little more muscle in the cheeks, though. He's got a little like pitbull, like uh, fucking face. But anyway, he said that this is a base election. That's why he said Trump won the debate. I don't agree with him, but he said that Trump won by by far because Biden denounced the Green Deal, which is AOC and uh, the you know the squad. Uh, Talib and Omar uh, Presley. So he didn't support that. So that's obviously the progressives. And he distanced himself away from packing the court, all these things that are progressive movements. So he just let everybody know that like what he's for and what he's not. And so he was icing out the progressives. Trump doubled down. Trump doubled down, even though recently he said that he he, from the hospital, from Walter Reed Hospital. That's what it took for him to denounce the Proud Boys, even though at the debate he said, stand down. He said, what did he say? He said, stand by and stand down to the Proud Boys when they said to denounce the Proud Boys, who are a very extremist alt-right group that want nothing but white supremacy. I don't even really like to discuss them. But uh, so to get back to his point, it's a base election. So what they were doing, what Trump was doing was what he's been doing all along. He doesn't want to get new voters. He doesn't want to get independence. He doesn't want to like convince you to come to the red. Right. No, he wants to get whoever wants to vote for him to keep to just keep them excited. And that's what he did. That's what he did. So I don't think he won. But whatever. If that was the mission, he completed it. And Biden, I agree to a certain extent. I don't think he lost. But he definitely didn't hurt. He definitely didn't help himself by distancing himself from the progressive movement. AOC and them are way more popular than him as as Democrats, as Democrats. Right. But as far as the nominee, as far as like the Midwest, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But Biden's not going to be around forever. And these guys are going to be the future of the party. And it's a mistake. It's a mistake. Oh, Bernie. It's a mistake to ice those guys out, those progressives. So that's how I feel about that. You'll go ahead if you want to if you want to touch. On I, will say, I will say I will say. But to be honest, yes, a lot of us are not voting for Biden. We're just voting against Trump because Biden is not my Biden is honestly not my choice. But I can't have Trump as in in the in the election again. You know, so I don't know. 
I don't think he, I, I just, you know, and especially those points at the end with where he was like harping on uh, Biden's son. Like, dude, if, if anybody, if, if Biden had taken the time to go through all the the skeletons in Trump's closet (laughs) and you're going to pull out the one thing that like is like, yeah, that's his kid, you know, like that it's really unnecessary. And also, sir, you have tons of hush cases going against you sleeping with prostitutes and also you sleeping with porn stars and stuff like that. And you're going to go after people's kids. It just, it's, it would have so never, it would have never ended though. And Biden already made that a point that he wasn't going to do that because like, he's not there to just, we already know the record. We Like if you all, if you want to know about Trump, it, it's right there. It's right there on Google. The, the central park five, the not renting to blacks, the bankruptcies. Now we have his tax records. Now we know like, you know, how much he owes. He owes over $470 million. He's in debt. And most of it is to Russian oligarchs. So we're not saying that he colluded, but he definitely has Russian influence. Those are people like if someone owns your debt, that means they're going to influence the way that you operate. That means they are going to influence the way that you govern. So we also, know all about him. Did you see an interesting thing? Did you see the video before the debate even started the what so the video before the debate started right no, so i, I like went that. back I and I, I re-watched the debate because i was like okay let me Damn, see nice <laughs> dude it's actually it's funny because they talk about how the safety precautions were taken by some group or whatever that was watching over it but if you watch the earliest parts of that video on the debate there are actually people without masks on in the crowds, and there's yeah. people with masks on. So, well, they said what that, that was a Trump. Questions are those? Well, they said that that was a Trump team, and that's why he caught it. That <laughs> they said he caught it around that time with Hope Hicks on the uh, on the plane ride, and Hope Hicks was at the debate. I guess we can talk more about that in the, in the section. No, 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 not at all, <laughs> not at all, not at all. He always it's, comes up, unfortunately, because we talk about trending topics, and unfortunately. He even if you click on Google, he's always a trending topic. Twitter, all those things. He's the president of the United States. He's the most popular leader of the world. No matter who it is, it could be some. It could have been anybody who won. Mitt Romney, McCain. Automatically, you're anointed the most popular leader in the whole world. And Trudeau is a much more popular figure in Canada, and he still doesn't have the kind of monumental figure that Trump has, just because he is an American president. So, yeah, let's talk about uh, his flu. Let's talk about his hoax. So while we were talking on the program last time, he uh, he was, I guess, healthy. He was at the debate, you know, firing off and shit like that. And now he has COVID. And like we said, he caught it from Hope Hicks, one of his senior advisors. He has like 50 million of them. Uh, Jared Kushner, his daughter, Ivanka, like everybody's a fucking senior advisor. Uh, Mark Meadows and uh, his uh, chief of staff, many of them have reported that, you know, he went through a uh, uh, oxygen tank and he had a mild fever. Um, everything that a 74-year-old clinically obese motherfucker should be going through during COVID, he is going through. So apparently it's not a hoax. Our president got it. Balansaro got it. All the people that downplayed it got it. Kellyanne Conway, lots of other GOP senators. Ouch. The fuck do you think about that, Tecumseh? Um, you know, I want to see if this has any change in how they talk about COVID. Hmm. I think that, unfortunately, there are... I know people who have lost people to COVID... Um, and I, sometimes it quite, it very much surprises me when like there, and like, I, unfortunately I know way too many people who have lost people to COVID, but there, I have like one specific friend who lost somebody to COVID and sometimes like the things that they'll, you know, like, they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm just like, how are you not being more precautious? About your steps, knowing that you've lost some, like, you know, the effects of how serious COVID is. So I I would be interested to see if them having COVID changes how they talk about COVID. Um, because I think when you experience something yourself, it becomes real for you. 
And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people think that COVID is a hoax. And part of the thing is, is that I think that people have not experienced it themselves or they're, they don't have people who have experienced it, you know? So I think hopefully this will make it real for them. So they realize this is something real and, you know, there's been so many talks about vaccines, but not that much talks about treatments. And like, there's, to me, that boggles my mind because from what, you know, my dad is in medicine and he's a licensed healthcare professional. And it's, he always talks about like, you know, if you're going to, if somebody's sick, you don't just treat one symptom, you know, you try to treat the whole sickness. So it doesn't make sense to me that we're not talking about multiple ways to treat this. You know, they're, when you get to the hospital or whatever, you know, they're giving you like zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D, but they're not advertising that. They're not saying, Hey, if you well, have now they COVID, are, well, now they now are, they they, are through, the, through the press briefings. They now, they, now they after this whole cocktail, now after a hundred thousand people have already passed, but we've been in this for months, you know? And I feel like that it just, to me, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on this um, vaccine. And I'm hoping that the people getting COVID that are, you know, in this administration then can take their experience and actually, you know, have sympathy and have a better understanding of like, okay, what do we need to do? Because, you know, not everybody has a whole team of people who can take care of them. It's sad. I I, I uh, agree with you and I don't. I, not that I don't agree with you. It's sad. So it's sad that because I saw an interview with Donald Trump Jr. He had clearly what you said, more empathy. And he had a better understanding of COVID now that it's hit his family. Um, I believe uh, his girlfriend, his fiance had it earlier. She didn't report it. But uh, Kayla, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, former uh, girlfriend of the uh, governor of California. So, but I have family members. I have friends that have lost family that have lost their own family members. You know, some of them and uh, one of my coworkers and uh, she is very liberal with the way that she's been traveling. So the way that I look at it, the way, if I put myself in their shoes, I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but I feel like one, the one person I'm talking about, the one that lost her close relative, what else does she have to lose? You know what I'm saying? She's already lost her most like valuable person in her life. So whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like now she doesn't have anybody to like really get sick. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, she's going to be careful. She's going to put on the mask. Not me. I have too many people that are at risk though, but her, the one that was at risk is gone. And so then they have another person who's just ignorant. I have another person who had a family member die, uh, lupus, you know, this person, uh, Ralph's uh, relative and uh, his, his brother uh, slash cousin and uh, rest in peace, rest in peace. But then there's another family member. I will not say that person's name. And she goes on Instagram and she, she calls it a hoax. She like basically says, you can wear a mask if you want. I live in America. I can wear what I want, this and that. And of course, people's personal liberties are more important than the good of the country. But then I sound like a socialist if I say that, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like if I if I if I don't say that like everybody fucking mind their own business and make your own money, that's the only thing people understand. But like with this mass shit, I, I so I want to agree with you. I think that like most people and even the Trumps, I did see a little bit of empathy. I don't I don't have a hard on for these guys. I don't give a fuck about them, to be honest. I wish that they were just out of office and I would never have to talk about them again. But I did see that kind of empathy. I did see like, you know, my dad had it. You know what I'm saying? Here's what we're going through. Here's blah, blah, blah. But again, that doesn't mean automatically, though. Like I said, there are regular people in my regular life. And I'm sure in other people's regular life that still it still happens to their family. As a matter of fact, our cousin, our cousin, Harry, our cousin, Trish, she had it and she's still acting all willy nilly. She's still like fucking going out like with her fucking party and like with her cock out and shit like that. I don't understand it, man. I don't understand. So she's going to catch it again, probably. <laughs> and ain't nobody going to want to fuck with a fucking anybody ass. So whatever. So my bad. I just went off on with that point. But you're but yeah. I hopefully we get better information too. Yeah, she she's had short breath, and this mm-hmm. person that I went out for drinks with yesterday, he was a nurse. He caught it, and he still has uh, shortness of breath. He still has like pains in his chest. I don't ever want to catch that shit. I don't want to catch the. Give me my fucking cootie shots. Like I'm good. I'm good. Like that shit sounds terrible. That shit sounds terrible. on a ventilator. No, I don't want any part of that shit. No smoke. No smoke. 
All right. So uh, let's uh, touch on mail-in voting real quick. As Harry told us, we got to move on. I got my absentee ballot, not my absentee ballot. Sorry. I got my mail-in voting absentee ballot as if you're somewhere else. I am not, I'm in my district. Um, before I'm just, again, I'm going to touch on it real quick as we already know a lot of the ramifications and a lot of falsehoods behind that Florida right now is going through a lot of that. Um, right now, the big testament to the voting rights with Wisconsin, Florida, a lot of these battleground states is that they're not letting them count the absentee ballots and the um, mail-in ballots in a timely fashion. So the Democrats tried, for instance, in Florida, tried to get them to count the mail-in votes much earlier, like a couple weeks earlier, like Colorado. But in a Republican-led uh, assembly or Senate, uh, they don't want that. <laughs> they want this to be as legit, illegitimate as possible so Trump could be in office as long as possible while those results, just like Bush did with the hanging Chad and all that Supreme Court bullshit to get in office. So right now, that is happening. So, like I said, with Florida, they're now only letting them, the, the, the votes that they're coming in by mail, 10 hours before the election. That's what they approved of. And they expect, like, good things to happen with that. So that's going to be a shit show. They already zeroed in on that. We already know. You already saw the post office and shit like that. How are both of you voting, guys? I'm going to vote by mail. And I'm actually going to go in, too. Whichever one they want to count, I don't give a fuck. They want to look at me like I'm some fucking immigrant. I don't give a shit. I'm going to do both. What are you guys doing? I'm doing early voting. Gotcha. Uh, I did mail-in voting before, but so did my wife. And she got her her ballot the day of the election. And it happened to I, me too, but now I got it earlier, yeah. but that, that happened to me too. And I got scared and I had to go vote in person because that happened. You can also hand in your, um, ba- your mail-in ballot at that's the right. office. So that's an option too. People can also do that, but I'm going to do early that. voting. Nice. Good. Yeah. Same. I'm going to try to be as safe as possible. We'll see. I, I was thinking about going in again, just like reassure, just so like, you know, people don't like miscount my vote or throw away my vote. That happens. It's not a lot of people, but it does happen. And it happens too much. Harry, how are you going to vote this year? I am uh, most likely going to go just to my polling booth. I, I feel weird about mailing things in. Yeah. So like, I'm just going to go there and get it done. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. So let's move on. What the fuck did right. I hear? So let's get through this quick. Ella May, so hot, so British. Um, she has a new song called Not Another Love Song. So if you like modern R&B right now, I got my sister onto her. Uh, well, I think I did. Um because so, my sister was like really stuck in 90s R&B and there's nothing wrong with that it's a great era in R&B uh, and we have a we have a DJ in the house right now DJ Tech and um, so go check out LMA uh, we sell her on Spotify Sylvan Esso I've seen that band uh, she's a little plus size cutie um, she sings very well uh, shout out to Sonia for putting her on t- uh, putting me on to that I've seen her live I believe twice her new album is called Love Free. It came out on September 30th. Go listen to that. And then we got Bryson Tiller. I guess we're in the R&B spirit right now. Uh, Bryson Tiller has his new a- um, album called Anniversary. He's kind of like a trap R&B star. If nobody's ever listened to him. So go listen to that. I, I didn't see any music news. And if it was, it, it probably was about Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B. So I was staying away from it because we've talked about them like three straight episodes. I know that she's on uh, SNL on the season premiere uh uh, season 40 something uh, with Chris Rock. So kudos to them. I love both of them. So, and they were being socially safe. They, and then we talked about it before they have Jim Carrey uh, playing Joe Biden and they have Alec Baldwin returning for his Emmy uh, winning uh, performances. Trump go check that out and let us move on to some video games. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> it was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. What the fuck did I play? So Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. It's coming out on most major platforms. Harry made that clear to me before. Sometimes things don't end up on the motherfucking Switch. So I will say most platforms instead of saying all platforms. But uh, it's been many years since the last one. Uh, there was Warped and there was also uh, a racing game. I forgot what that was called. Harry might know what it was called or even uh, Tecumseh might know. And then we have a new Star Wars game called Squadrons, also on most platforms. It's a multi 
multiplayer game. It is, uh, if you want to hop in one of the uh, aerial pursuits and shit like that, it's a great simulator right now. Star Wars right now is on a really good streak of awesome gaming. Uh, we got Battlefront Recreation. We got, uh, did you play uh, uh, Fallen Jedi, Harry? That was such a good game. No, I have not. The only Star Wars game that I ever played was the Lego Star Wars. Dude, I got to let you borrow that, man. You got to play that. You would love it. That's the one with uh, Ian Gallagher, right? Yes. Yes. I'm letting you borrow that, dude. You got to play that. Yes, please. Please. You will will thank yourself for that. So that's a really good game. That was one of the games of the year. So Harry's going to get on that soon. Then we have... Watchdog Legions. I've actually never played any of the Watchdogs, and supposedly it's a really good franchise. Um, it's a reboot from something Japanese, I believe, and they like made it uh, more Americanized. It's a very popular franchise. It's coming out on October 30th on most platforms. I don't think it's on Switch, like Harry said. So let's move on to some gruesome motherfucking movies. <laughs> What the fuck did I watch? All right. We're going to start off with uh, this movie that Tecumseh did not have the stomach for, which I don't blame him. It's it's pretty nasty. It's worse than The Accused. It's worse. It's actually the probably the, the worst rape scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I like, yes, Aisling Franchazzi. She is Italian, actually, and she's from Ireland. She was born in Italy. She was raised a little bit in Ireland, and then she went back to Italy to be a model, and then she moved to America, I think America, I believe so, to be a full-time actor. She was in the fall. That's why I watched this movie, because I had seen uh, promos for this movie, and it looked good. And then what took me over the edge was watching The Fall with Gillian Anderson. We reviewed that, and James Cornyn, very good if you're into crime thrillers. Excellent. It's three seasons of One Killer. I've never seen that before. Like them focus on one killer for three straight seasons. It's very unique in that way. So it's really good. Um, So the Nightingale, that is a bird. And uh, that is uh, a song that she sings, a Gaelic song. She is a Gaelic slave. She's an indentured servant to the captains of the British soldiers that are in Australia. So they brought a lot of slaves over to Australia to be indentured servants. And even over there, we were talking about this in the pre-meeting with uh, Tecumseh, um, Irish people, even when they were slaves, still did still felt superior to blacks. <laughs> so even in Australia, in the movie, she calls them boy. She says blacks. She said, and that's his country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's his country, and he's and she's still being demeaning to him and shit like that. So uh, where to come? So actually, let me get to come to tell me where you got uncomfortable. It's a, it's a spoiler. I'm not gonna lie. It's a spoiler because we already said it was a rape scene. But like, tell me like what like really. What you liked about it so far and like what made you really uncomfortable? I mean, I can't say I liked anything about it. Um, I think that it, I, you know, I, so I started watching because I was like, you know what, Vincent had said that we were going to talk about. So I was like, I'll try to watch it. I, I didn't know anything. You doing your homework. Nobody ever does their homework on this show. I I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, dang, this is the one I wish I missed. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm I, not keeping up with this Vince anymore <laughs> no you know I try as I get older I realize that I'm trying to not watch or listen to things that are negative um, unless they're like you know unless it's like something that's happening in, in live time right so if it's happening yeah. in politics or whatever you know we have to be aware of that but like movies and stuff like that I'm trying to it's hard enough to you know, be in the house during COVID and all, all this stuff. So I've been trying to watch less negative stuff. This was hard I'm to, to I'm trying to I'm trying to nourish my body, but I'm trying to nourish my soul. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if you if you, I'm a big believer that if you if you listen to certain things, that's going to go into your psyche and so like mess up your you know your creativity. And so, be careful, man! I'm gonna have to start burning some motherfucking sage in here, man. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I just started watching it, and I was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" There's like instantly a, a rape scene. I'm just like, "This is OD." Like, I they, they, they were giving you a heat check. Tech, they were giving you a, a heat check. They were like, "Where you at? Where you at? Are you watching?" I was just you like, like <laughs> Ugh. and then I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna try to watch it more because you know, like." There's other movies that I've watched that have been like really intense or whatever, like Gangs of America. You know, yeah, I mean, good. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York movie. is really intense. That's, that's a great scenes. movie. Um, so I was like, maybe it's something like this where it's like there's really intense scenes, but there's also like a lot of, you know, 
really important things to understand and like some good scenes and no the movie just got harder harder to watch and harder to watch and then halfway through it i was just like i can't do this you know I well i'm enjoying it, it i'm enjoying it i get why you don't like that um i i bring on all the negative images as a matter of fact uh I was like reading, we were, there was like a debate about Birth of the Nation and it made me want to watch Birth of the Nation, even though it is such a racist ass movie. It's like what inspired the King Cook's clan. And I actually changed my opinion on it too. I used to think it was disgusting that people watched it, but guess who screens it for their students every semester? Professor Spike Lee. Spike Lee shows it in his class every semester. And it's, it's an, it's an admiration, aberration. It's an aberration to blacks, especially in this country. So I'm going to have to disagree with you on, but for your own personal psyche, I agree with you, but uh, negatives or images are out there, bro. And uh, not to say that like you're from like, we're, we're part Irish, me and Harry. And that is a story that like, even though it's tough to swallow, that's a story that's like very pertinent. And I did not know that much about Gaelic slaves. And so now I do. And now I have like a little bit, a little more perspective on it. Like what was happening. And like, well, like I said, I already knew that Irish people over here, they were indentured service in this country as well. Um, the British brought them over here too. And they treated them that way. But like I said, they found a way <laughs> to, to, make, to separate themselves with blacks. And they did it in that movie. And it contextualized that. And I also like movies where the woman gets revenge. So I usually see it in like present day time. You usually see like Jennifer Gardner or Blake Lively or Jennifer Lopez. And they got either like a gun or like, you know, they're in like the nineties or like the two thousands. I've never really seen it in the, in then like pre yeah, I've never really seen it. It was, I think it's like the 1500s, I believe the, the 16th century. And so I've never really seen it. It's like, like pre-colonial times or like actually colonial times. Sorry. I've never seen a revenge movie set in that era. So that's what intrigued me with that. So let's get on to something more cookie cutter, uh, a little bit more cookie cutter. Uh, Emma. Emma is uh, still in theaters. Uh, it is with uh, Amy Jo Taylor. I think that's her name. She's in the new movie, which I need to watch, by the way. It's very hard to torrent. Uh, new Mutants. She's also in Peaky Blinders. She's a very good actress. Actually, where she broke in, I don't know if, ever got, if you guys ever saw it. It's called The Witch. Anybody ever seen that? The Witch? That's okay. That's where she actually came for a claim to fame. It's a very good movie. Um, it's from A24. They're very good at horror movies. And yeah, there we go. Anya Taylor-Joy. She's Argentinian, actually. And uh, she doesn't really look like it because, you know, a lot of people think that white people don't look like that. But uh, she is. She's Hispanic, Latin American, and she's she's super hot and she's super talented. So, uh, yeah, watch Emma. Emma is a another period piece. Um, that is basically um, the beginning of it is her uh, trying to convince her father to uh, meet with. Um, actually, it's kind of boring, to be honest. <laughs> it's kind of boring. Emma was OK. It wasn't that good. It's not one of her better movies. To be honest, I'll be looking more forward to uh, reviewing The New Mutants. Um, I'm sure Harry will want to watch that soon, too. So we'll get into that. And let's get into the meaty portion. What the fuck did I say? Oh, baby, it's all right. We just shut up, man. That was like my favorite part of the fucking debate. Biden, man, you were a real G for that one, dude. You you looked a little old saying that. I've heard that before. Like, shut up, man. Like spinning out a Werther's original or something or like trying to spray some water on people at the front lawn. Biden, you're still cool for that, man. You're still cool for that. So let's talk about Tecumseh, man. Let's talk about Tecumseh. This episode is called Fansplaining. And I did enough of that, man. Mansplaining is when like a man unnecessarily tries to explain something to a female, something she already knew or she vaguely knew. And she really didn't need your help with it. She could have found it out on her own. So right now on the cuff, I'm explaining way too much about my man tech. He's not a female, but I'm fansplaining. I'm fanboying on the homeboy too much. So let's set up some situations. And I just want to hear your, your take on it, man. Things that we've gone through together, things that are in your career. So, like I said, you can catch him on Native Tech, hashtag Native Tech, one word, Native, and then T-E-C. And so you can catch his artwork. And one of the pieces is is at Socrates Park. It's a turtle. Please uh, get into that. What what inspired that? What uh, got you going with that project? Yeah, so it uh, it was actually at Socrates Park. Up until a few months ago, New York City um, deinstalled it. It was part of the 2019 Fellowship Annual, 
Um, it was cool, you know, because I've been, I'm a native artist, uh, but I've been doing my art more at a native events. So vending and sharing my art that way. So in the past two years, I decided, you know, that's great, but it would be great to establish myself in the regular art world, you know, and that way I'm not like, I don't know, I don't want to say tokenizing, but that way I'm not putting myself into a box, you know, and allowing my art to really touch people who don't already know about Native Americans and stuff like that. So so smart, so smart. Yeah, so it was, it was a good way. And it was, it was something I'd never done. Most of my art is wearable art. So doing a sculpture was definitely very different for me. Uh, it was a learning process, but at the end of the day, it was great. And the cool thing is that Socrates Sculpture Park is a place I went to as a kid. Um, you know, it's a community park. It actually used to be um, it used to be a dump, and then the community actually yeah they actually bought for it um, because there was a developer actually that wanted to change it into um, some type of like businesses or whatever. And the community was like, no. And so it became a nonprofit and came a a park. Um, So it was cool to have that there. And, um, you know, just I've taken my art to different things uh, really outside of you know, the, just the typical vending at events world. Um, and it's cool to, you know, often sometimes our art can say words or things that we can't, you know, so it's cool to see my artwork out there. Um, so yeah, you can see it on either, um, Socrates Sculpture Park in their 19, uh, fellowship, 2019 fellowship or on, uh, native tc.biz you can see it also on that page um that's my business page it's on uh, the pictures that on my first page of uh, some of my work fuck yeah all right so let's get into where we co-coordinated the uh event of our lifetime <laughs> not joking uh thomas uh he is a newlywed same with you as a matter of fact you've been only married like what three years two years Three years. Three years. Three years. That's right. So I, I still consider that a newlywed. She's awesome. I love your wife. Lisa's amazing. You guys are a great couple. I had a great time at your reception as well. You're a great fucking ceremony. And uh, so then uh, Thomas asked you to be his best man, and you did a great job planning the bachelor party. We did. What were the? I forgot what the options were. We had we had uh, Vancouver, Seattle, Vegas, Vegas. That's right, Vegas. Um. Where else? Harry joined Mexico. Us. So Mexico. Mexico. That's right. Mexico. Yeah. That's right. And I'm glad we picked Montego Bay. It was a perfect destination, man. Perfect for the vibe of the people that were going. There was a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, what was your favorite part, bro? The food. Ah, the food was good. The food was good. The jerk. God damn. Yeah. Um, undoubtedly, the food was the food was amazing. That was definitely my top thing. Was the food. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say the second top thing was the that park that we went to that we were like able to do everything at. Which park was that? On the tour, remember the. I look, like, I look like I look like my puppy. <laughs> the excursions that remember there was that one park where we did the where Christian had the poop, where Christian and, had the poom poom shorts while we were ziplining. Yeah, yeah, we did the, we did the like, yeah, the quads, the zip lining, all that fun stuff. He almost he almost zipped his nuts with those fucking goddamn man. That was, that was, I, I, I didn't know, realize that, that, that scarred my my fucking mind. Those shorts, to be honest, I don't know what. I mean, honestly, I for anybody who does zip lining that is a male or a female, watch those straps. Because those straps can cut into your legs For like no real. tomorrow. For real. You end up like Ben Stiller, man. No good. You don't want that shit. You don't want why especially while you're flying. Imagine Ben Stiller cutting his fucking meat while he's fucking on a zip line. You don't want that. You don't want that. So there is three people within this screen. It's okay. It's not gonna show up on uh the actual screen, but there's three people in this interview and only one person 
has been on Showtime. And it's Tecumseh. Tecumseh's artwork has been on there twice. Twice. Tennis, parent two. And I've seen it. I'm a big fan of the show. As a matter of fact, really creepy. When um, I was watching the show, I was on the LIR. I was going into work. And I'm actually watching the episode. I'm, I'm in the moment. I see the piece on her chest. And I don't like put it together. I don't say, I say to myself, oh, that's pretty. That's nice. And like, I love the scene. It's a good scene. My dad texts me and he goes, yo, Tecumseh's artwork was on Showtime. And I'm like, hold up. I'm like looking. I'm like, is it this part? I like screenshot it. He goes, yeah. And I'm like, that's really crazy. I'm like, that is so nuts. So then later, um, months later, the next season, actually, um, it shows up again. It shows up again. And each time, like I said, fan explaining, fanboy, I had to tell Tecumseh, how did it make you feel having, so again, you make really good work. It's not just like, it's not like a hobby. It's your business. I mean, it, it, it puts food on your fucking table, pays your bills and shit like that. You were really good at this. So again, it was well worth it to get it on Showtime. How'd you feel, bro? I mean, honestly, I felt honored. I think it's any time where a, you know, some big outlet, news outlet or movie outlet actually goes the distance to get pieces that are correct, you know, like yeah. especially with Native American stuff. So, you know, they asked her if she knew of any artist. And they actually, you know, they wanted to have pieces that were correct. Um, you know, she plays some, uh, Eastern Woodlands, Native American. So it was important to get something that is, you know, from the area. And so, you know, the that tribe that she plays actually has been trading with our people for a long time. And they trade wow. with Wampum. I didn't so, know wow. yeah, her wearing a wampum piece actually was really appropriate because of that is something that um, the people that she was playing, um, you know, that she is portraying in the thing and the show, um, they traded for wampum and we were the ones who made wampum. So it was great that they that she was wearing wampum. I feel like that was just a little bit extra you know it was great to see the first piece that she's wearing is spiny oyster and wampum um and uh, that's a piece that i made to honor the relationships between those from the southwest who have spiny oyster and then those from our area uh which you know have wampum quahog shell ancient tradition uh and then the second season she's wearing another piece of mine and that's a also wampum it's a wampum feather necklace it was great honestly i felt gorgeous gorgeous i felt so honored i felt really good about it especially because you know i had just had my piece in um the exhibition in socrates plus i had gotten into some other exhibitions so it felt really good honestly like reaffirming like hey you know because honestly when you think of People of color, you know, whether it's Native Americans, African Americans, Caribbeans, Asian, you know, a lot of times art doesn't seem to be an option for us. You know, they push, you know, music or whatever. They might push, you know, like being in sports or basketball. But being an artist doesn't always seem like an option that can pay bills. Um, and, you know, I have to do my consulting, too, to pay my bills. But it's you have a lot that of much sweeter. Yeah, it's that much sweeter to see not only somebody who is Native American in a show playing a Native American, but then to also see my artwork is like, it's great. You know, it, it felt great knowing somebody in the show and then even greater knowing that that was one of my pieces. Um and that, you know, there was representation of my people as well as, you know, other people from the area in that show, whether people knew it or not, you know. Yeah, no, and I felt the same way. I felt very proud to see it for you. I, I loved it, man. I really did. Um, the cool thing about that show that I didn't realize until, to be honest, they started showing your artwork is how inclusive that show actually is. It doesn't seem like it because of, like, the subject matter of the show, because it's, like, a lot about, about head funds. And even, like, the main characters of the show, they're not necessarily um, <clears throat> people of color. They're not necessarily minorities. But the people that inhabit the show – 
even, like I said, with the Native Americans, you know, marrying into the family, you have that person that is a pansexual on the show. They have a very unique way of like seamlessly putting people of different backgrounds into the show. And I didn't know I liked that about the show until recently, until like you, until your work got on there. Did it like make me think to myself, wow, they've been doing this all along. They have actually been trying to make things more accurate. And the consultation from you and from you know, the woman that's on the show, um, parent to actually, is she a real native American as well? Yeah. Tennis. Nice. Is, yeah. Nice. And so are the, um, the, there are other people in that show also that are native Americans that play like the background. Yeah. Um, people and yeah, they're also native Americans. So yeah, that's it's amazing. really that's so cool dope. that they did that. So I have two more questions for you. Um, I have, so one, I would like you to big up your, your wife. I, I want you to say what she's been working on with her um, anthologies and stuff like that. Big that up. I actually have not been able to read any of that yet. I need to find a way to access that. So you'll do us a favor and let us know where we can find her work. And then the, the last question uh, is two questions. Uh, what is your favorite DJ mer- memory with my brother? What's your favorite one that you're that you me? I tell it all. I don't give a fuck. But like you, I know you're married. I know you got a business and shit. So one that you feel comfortable telling us. So uh, first question is, what's your wife's work like? Where to find her work? Because she's very talented as well. You guys are a great team. And then the second one is, what's your favorite DJ story with my brother? Because I know he used to visit you and you guys used to have crazy times. So the anthology. So her. Her name is Lisa Gomez. That's right. Um, and you can find it on Amazon. It's Running Wild Novella Anthology Volume 3, Book 3. Um, so if you get it, you can look up Lisa Gomez and her story in there. And so, okay, with the DJing, with your brother, favorite memory, that's hard. But I think so there was a a place that there was a bar called Black Rock that right. I used to DJ um at. And Sounds devious already, Black Rock. Well, I I was it was funny because I was DJing there, but it, you know, I was like very I would young. do I would probably do heroin there. That's probably what I would do there. No, I it was a very interesting place because a lot of the people who went there were like, you know, like into like rock and roll and, you know, heavy metal and stuff like that. Definitely. Heroin. Definitely a place for heroin. Definitely. It, <laughs> the cool thing was that when I was DJing there, so what I would do is that instead I would actually just look up songs that were kind of like older songs in the time of the people who were there. Cause a lot of the people that were there were like, you know, in their late 30s at the time and 40s or whatever so i just looked up old school songs or whatever so it was really cool because there's a lot of diverse people there are people who were there to see me dj there are people there who were like punk rockers and you all saw them singing these throwbacks and so i think that was the best plus it was you know it was cool to hang out with thomas i mean i it's hard to put a put the finger on it but though that was dope and then also you know when danielle used to have that spot danielle yeah um, i I love those parties those were yeah man oh my god those were great those parties were great um it's now i don't really dj anymore so i have those memories but you know and there's so many memories with your brother you know where we were I was DJing at a party, you know, and then he would help me out, you know, take over a set when I had to go to the bathroom or whatever. So, but honestly, the funny thing is, is that probably I wouldn't be so much into music if it wasn't for your brother, because oh, of the shit. fact that nice I, wasn't really, fact. I wasn't into mainstream music when I was younger, because I was yeah. like very much into like my culture and stuff like that. My parents, like every weekend we'd be, either going to a ceremony or powwow or a teaching or, um, you know, different native education programs. So going to your guy's house, I would hang out with Thomas and he was heavily into music. Oh yeah. You know, he was really into ludicrous. So, uh, so Americanized. I like, yeah. Right. So a lot anything of that's going on in America was always going on here. Like we were never, <laughs> we were too cliche. Yeah. 
so a lot of the music that in my younger years where I got, you know, really to understand like hip hop and stuff like that was like listening either at your guy's house and eventually, you know, at Renaissance, they That's had surprising that you have a pretty, group. you have a good uh, repertoire of hip hop. So I'm actually surprised that that didn't start earlier. It was, yeah, it was, no, it was later, later in life. And nice. I think that Renaissance had so many good DJs. They did. They to did. Do. And I think that was cool. And I didn't even realize that. That's actually a good yeah. uh, point. I didn't. I, I didn't realize that there were a lot of good DJs because what's his name is actually a professional in uh, Thailand. Uh, what's his name? Buddha DJ Buddha DJ Jay? Buddha. Yes, yeah, watch it not. Watch it. Yes, he's very. He's actually really good. And like I said, you had a good run. Uh, Kenny is still doing his thing. Like you're right. Actually, DJ a good. That's actually a good profession to come out of TRS. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly, because they had that DJ system that we were allowed to practice with or whatever, and you could do that as your music class. And they had the recording booth, too. Yeah, we were really spoiled with the arts over there, to be honest. Even though it was really small, like our spaces, we utilized the space like ridiculous. Yeah. But we had to move on. Yeah, you were very interesting to talk to, Tecumseh. Like, for real, man, like, you're really good at this. Um, me and Harry, we're very happy to have you on board. Um, I'm, we're very, it's, it's a pleasure to know you. It's a pleasure to be around you. We're proud of everything that you're doing. You're, and this is the best to come, to be honest. Like, you're, you're going to be doing, not the best to come, sorry. The best is yet to come, right? This is the best to come. You're done. You have plateau, motherfucker. You're done. No, I'm joking. I actually see big things for you, man. I'm not like Miss Cleo over here, but I actually think that this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think your best work is ahead of you. Um, you're Again, you're in a very talented partnership, so I feel like the inspiration is just going to raise up even more. So let's get the fuck out of here. Like, we got things to do. We got fucking people to fuck. We got people to screw. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right. So you can catch us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Keep up NY, keep up NYC, keep up shut up on Facebook. Still insane. Type me anywhere. Type in Pokemon Stoner. Go find Native Tech. Go find his artwork. Go find his beautiful jewelry. Anything else you want to plug, Tech? Now that's vote. Just vote. <laughs> that's it. That's true. That's right. Go vote. It doesn't matter how you do it. Absentee ballot. Go write it in. Go bring it in. Like he said, you can actually go bring your freaking mail-in vote to the office, your freaking uh, election office. Go do that. It's so important. We're getting so close to it. Uh, again, we're on Twitch. We're on Patreon. That's Keep Up NYC as well. I wish it was just Keep Up, but it's okay. There's a lot of Keep Ups out there trying to keep up with our name. Fuck them all. So then we got, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. You can go catch ThundercatJohn.ttv, even though it's been dormant. Fuck that, actually. Just go bother him on his regular account. Um, if you need your computer fix, go get NSComtech. And again, if you need great jewelry, if you want to see his jewelry on Showtime, go check it out. It's on the show Billions with Paul Giamatti and my man uh, Damian Lewis. A fantastic show, one of my favorite shows. It's coming back. You might even see his artwork again. There's a big chance because they're actually still a big part of the plot line. So be on the watch out for that. Fuck watching Waldo. Go watch his artwork. So you better listen up. Actually, you better shut the fuck up. Listen up and keep up with Sylvan Sane, Pokemon Stoner, and Native Tech. Over and out, homies. 